Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. Okay, it's uh, Sunday. It's 23rd of February 2020. By the time we meet again, it'll be a new month, but uh, time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. And we had a couple of visitors last week that we did not recognize because Usamo is here. It's Charlie and Arlene Kreider, and we had Paul and Paula McCulloch, and they came down, and I wanted to recognize them and thank them for making the effort of coming all the way to Sarasota. And then we have somebody visiting today. We have a guy named Nuke. His uh, real name is Lee, but uh, he is. And uh, until just not too long ago, I didn't know that we had a YouTube, you know, uh, monitor people that take care of these things and make sure that there aren't trolls getting in there and saying bad stuff and, and doing things they shouldn't be doing. I had no idea. We have online streaming and that's all I knew. And uh, apparently Nuke has been one of our uh, monitors for since we started doing this, I guess. And uh, we really appreciate this. Your efforts are highly appreciated, and it's good to have you here in Sarasota with us. It means a lot to us. And then we have a couple other monitors, Doug over in Ireland, and um, Walter up in Washington, I think. And then you said the other one is Andrew. Is that correct? So uh, we have four monitors, and hopefully we'll get to meet all of them. Eventually, we will meet all of them. Yes. We'll, we'll all meet up there in glory. But uh, I'm so thankful that you made this effort and came down here. And uh, we've had some good times together. Uh, I could not go to mission work yesterday, but he went anyway with the people and had a good time, right? Okay, good deal. So there you go. Um, uh, and don't call me sir. I work for a living. <laughs> Just kidding you there. Anyway, um, let's see. Our first category, as always, is Israel. And we have from the Times of Israel, we've got a couple uh, just titles, but the first article on this, the UN Human Rights Agency releases a blacklist of 112 companies that aid settlements. They've come out, and this is a completely anti-Semitic thing that they're doing. Uh, came out about a week ago now. Nearly four years in the making, the UNHCR unexpectedly published a list of more than 100 companies that conduct business in Israel settlements in the West Bank. Israel reacted angrily to the publication of the blacklist, denouncing the UN body responsible for compiling it and vowing to protect Israeli financial interests. The Palestinians, meanwhile, celebrated a victory for international laws, they called it. Most of the 112 companies on the list are Israeli, including all major banks, state-owned transportation companies, Eged and Israel Railways Corporation, and telecommunications giants Bezek, Hot, and Cellcom. It also lists medium-sized companies such as the restaurant chain Cafe Cafe and Angel Bakeries. The blacklist also names 18 international enterprises such as Motorola, Airbnb, TripAdvisor, Expedia, and General Mills, which are all from the U.S., Alstom from France, and Greencoat from the U.K. And they say, we will contest this blacklist with all of our strength. That's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said that. And we will gain recognition for our sovereignty over these communities, and this will cancel its effect. <laughs> So if uh, you want to support those companies and put a little smear in the face of the U.N. and the people that are uh, doing these things, that would be a good thing. But uh, there you go. That's what's going on with Israel. And once again, the U.N. is just taking a, a, a complete stand against them. 
Then from the Times of Israel, Israel freezes ties with the UN rights chief after release of settlement blacklist, something they should do and they should probably keep it frozen forever. From the Times of Israel, Israel condemns UN list of settlement linked firms. Palestinians, of course, welcome it. And then from Arts, Shiva Haley slams the conniving, manipulative UN blacklist. She sends a tweet, the UN hit a new low today, publishing its anti-Semitic blacklist of companies it claims are involved in Israeli settlement activity. The timing of this after the U.S. released a peace plan is conniving and manipulative at best. She says it is shameful. And then from Haaretz, U.N. blacklist counterproductive to peace, say U.S. lawmakers. It's a blast publication of file on settler companies. Bipartisan denouncements from Congress pour in after the U.N. published a list of 112 companies, among them Expedia and Booking.com, which operate in the West Bank. So even the Congress, probably other than that Muslim lady up there and a couple others, are against this as well. And then from the Times of Israel, Pompeo says, Settlement blacklist shows U.N.'s unrelenting anti-Israel bias. Secretary of State is outraged at the release of the database and calls on other nations to counter bid to facilitate BDS campaign. And then uh, we have from the JNS, former Qatari premier, Israel and the Gulf states to sign non-aggression pact. This is a pretty major thing because it goes Exactly with what the Bible says is coming in Gog Magog. They are signing a non-aggression pact, and none of them are said to be coming against Israel. So you can see we are really almost at the point where this is going to come about, and it, the, everything is being put into place right now. Uh, it says, now it, Trump's peace plan will be followed by a non-aggression agreement between Israel and the countries of the GCC, the Gulf Cooperation Council, in addition to Egypt. Jordan, and possibly Morocco. And guess what? None of them are listed as coming against Israel, wrote Sheikh Hamed bin Jassim al-Thani on Twitter. The former PM said that he was not against this kind of agreement and that the unanimous decision by the Arab League to reject the Trump plan was not in the best interests of the region. Although there are Arab countries that promised the American side that they would take a positive position on the deal, but they did not. And they justified this by saying that they could not because of the media. So actually, these Arab countries do want to side with Israel, but they just didn't want the media attention showing that they were doing just that. But they are going to sign this non-aggression pact. That is a giant thing that is happening in the world right now. And this is the only article that I saw on it. So good stuff from the Al Jamainer. Top UAE businessman says Gulf states should welcome Israeli investments. A major business executive from the United Arab Emirates said that Gulf states should welcome the investments from Israeli business people. So you can see even the uh, business section is getting involved in this. From the Times of Israel, Israeli laser defense system, something I talked about just a couple weeks ago, they have now tested it. It successfully intercepts multiple drone targets. This was very cool watching the video. If you want to see it on YouTube, just type it in and you'll uh, see the video of where they blow these drones right out of the sky using lasers. An Israeli developed drone defense system successfully intercepted multiple targets and shot them down with a 
laser beam. Raphael's drone dome, C-U-A-S, was also able to track and hit small drones that were maneuvering in flight, a more challenging target. The system achieved 100% success in all test scenarios, Raphael said in a statement. Drome Dome provides effective detection, full identification, and neutralization of multiple micro and mini UAV threats. In a video of the tests, a vehicle-mounted system was shown engaging the targets, including drones that were sharply changing direction. In one test, three drones flying in formation were shot down in succession. So this is really the starting of something really wonderful. This will be more and more advanced as the days go by. But I'm really happy to see this, and it kind of confirms what I said, even before it had been tested, is that this probably is going to be a part of Israel's victory in the Gog-Magog battle, because these people are going to come against them, and Israel is going to be able to take care of the air assets with this device. Amazing. From Christian category today, I want to send a congratulations to Sybil Peters. She's out in Alaska, and she completed all of the Genesis sermons, which is a real undertaking. And it was simply because I said, hey, listen, you know, stop watching 450 Prophecy Updates a week. And instead, I would like you to, you know, whether it's this church or another church, get into some good doctrine sermons and into some good Bible analysis. And she took up the, the challenge, and she has watched all of the Genesis sermons. And saying that, you know, this is one thing that some people are aware of and some people are not, but we are going through right now 10 doctrine sermons. We've, we're on number, I think, six or seven today. But if you don't know your doctrine in the Bible, and there's something that is to be said, you know, this is something that's been proven true, is most people that think they know a lot about doctrine, whether it's biblical doctrine or technology, it doesn't matter. When people think they know a lot, they are the people that probably don't know very much at all. And the louder people are about their doctrine, the less they generally know. This is a proven scientific fact. It's the people that have a lot of intelligence in a particular discipline, whether it's astronomy or whatever, they are the ones that are always questioning what they know. And so if you are one of these people that thinks you know it all, you probably need to watch these 10 Doctrine Sermons to at least get a grounding in why the mechanics of the faith work as they do. Because you could be completely deceived right now and not even know it. So I would recommend that. Today we are going to be talking on the uh, doctrines of predestination and election, which is the mechanics of your faith and how God came to arrive at uh, the program that he did in order for you to call on Jesus, or are you regenerated in order to believe, as Calvinists would say. And so I'm going to defend one side, and I'm going to speak against the other, and you'll find out which is correct and why. So there you go with that. From uh, Breitbart. Pope Francis sets out his dreams for the Amazon region. Oh boy. Pope Francis has published his long-awaited text on the Amazon region in his letter titled Querida, I guess, I don't know, it's a Spanish word, Amazonia, which means Dear Amazonia. The Pope backed away from contentious issues such as the ordination of married men and opted instead for a more conciliatory document, intended to focus on topics that would draw broader consensus. In this lyrical text, he interspersed with lines of indigenous poetry and rhetorical flourish. Francis appeals to those poets, contemplatives, and prophets who help free us from the technocratic and consumerist paradigm that destroys nature and robs us of a truly dignified existence. His next statement is why I included this. Only poetry, he cites, with its humble voice, will be able to save this world. What a failure. What an absolute abject failure that man is. 
when he's supposed to represent Christians and Christianity and the Christian faith, and he says only poetry is going to save this world. Uh, whatever. In his focus on the poverty of the region, the Pope steps away from those who seek an environmental approach that leaves the true good of the people behind. A true ecological approach always becomes a social approach. It must integrate questions of justice in debates on the environment so as to hear both the cry of the earth and the cry of the poor. He's a Gaia worshiper. We do not need an environmentalism that is concerned for the biome but ignores the Amazonian peoples. The wisdom of the original peoples of the Amazon region inspires care and respect for creation with a clear consciousness of its limits and prohibits its abuse, he says. To abuse nature is to abuse our ancestors, so now he's throwing in ancestor worship, our brothers and sisters, creation and the creator, and to mortgage the future. Instead of evangelizing these people and trying to get them to come to Christ, he's talking about this nonsense. So there you go. That's the happenings in the Vatican this week from CBN. Brazil's president, on the other hand, speaking of the Amazon area, Brazil's president declares faith in Jesus Christ at a huge Christian missions event. Brazil belongs to God, he said. It doesn't belong to the Pope, that's for sure. Brazilian President Jair Bolsonaro has confirmed his faith in Jesus while attending the SEND, a huge Christian worship event held in Brazil. Bolsonaro was not formally invited to the event, but still decided to attend. He addressed the crowd in one of the huge stadiums full of Christians, declaring that he believes in Jesus as his Savior and that Brazil belongs to God. The SEND is a campaign to activate every believer into a lifestyle of Christ-like action. Major ministries have come together for the celebration, praying and believing that the world will turn to Jesus Christ. That may be a big hope at this point, but I'm glad they're doing this. The event in Brazil took place at the Brazilian National Stadium, where more than 140,000 people responded to the powerful presence of God. Nearly 200 evangelical leaders spoke at the event. I'm not endorsing any of them. I'm just reading an article, so please don't tell me uh, why this person is at fault or whatever. I'm just reading their names, including Daniel Colenda, Christine Kane, Francis Chan, and Michael Colianos. Colianos wrote on Instagram, Jesus loves Brazil. Yesterday, thousands gave their lives to Jesus, receiving healing, and made the choice to be sent to the nations. He is worthy of our yes. So, good contrast between what at least they are doing proclaiming Christ and this guy over here proclaiming Gaia worship and ancestor worship and every crazy communist thing that he can pull out of his hat. Yes, from Right Wing Watch, Paula White claims to have gone to the throne room of heaven where she saw the face of God. White, a prosperity gospel preacher and current White House aide, unfortunately, claimed that a weight suddenly fell upon her that pushed her to the floor. You can watch this. It's right on YouTube. You can watch her say these things. It's not a made-up article. At which point, her spirit ascended to heaven. I literally went to the throne room of God, she said. There was a mist that was coming off the water, and I went to the throne of God, and I didn't see God's face clearly, but I saw the face of God. I knew it was the face of God. Well, she had to read Exodus 33, 20, and... It says there that no man will see the face of God and live. He put a mantle on me, and it was a very distinct mantle. 
White continued, there was a mantle and I saw it very distinctly. The color was like a goldish, a yellowish, goldish. And then I saw the earth for a moment and God brought me back and he put me in certain places. One being the White House, one being certain continents. I didn't come out of that really until the next morning, White reported. She's delusional and she is leading people astray. And it's very sad to even comment on that. But let me take you very quickly to Exodus what did I say? 3320, I believe, is what I said. And then we'll go there, and it says there, uh, But he said, You cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. There you go. So she's a liar. She's a false prophet, or whatever she thinks she is. She is crazy. From Islam today, from Hamodia, U.S. Navy intercepts illegal Iranian arms ship in Arabian Sea. U.S. Central Command reported that members of the crew of the USS Normandy, this happened about a week ago, in accordance with international law, boarded a Dow and discovered a large cache of weapons. The U.S. Navy ship was conducting maritime security operations in the U.S. Central Command area of operations at the time. The weapons seized included 150 Iranian-manufactured copies of the Russian Cornet anti-tank guided missiles, other seized weapons components included three Iranian surface-to-air missiles, Iranian thermal imaging weapon scopes, and Iranian components for unmanned aerial and surface vessels, as well as other munitions and advanced weapons parts were of Iranian design and manufacture. They're shipping out these weapons, which is contrary to what they are allowed to do by UN sanctions. Al-Arabiya, Iran's armed shipment to Houthis, example of state sponsored terrorism, says Mike Pompeo, which is true. They're in violation of 10,000 different things. Next article, Times of Israel. Zarif says Iran could reverse nuclear breaches if Europe gives economic relief. So now they're bribing or they're, what is it, blackmailing Europe. Iran would be willing to move back towards the 2015 nuclear deal. It's a deal. They signed it and they've been moving away from it. And they're willing to move back if people will do what they tell them to do. If Europe provides meaningful economic benefits, the country's foreign minister said, the European parties to the Iran nuclear deal, Britain, France, and Germany, have been battling to save it since President Trump withdrew from it and reimposed tough sanctions on Tehran. Iran has responded to the U.S. pullout with a series of steps back from its own commitments under the deal. We pulled out. We're not a part of the deal, but they are a part of the deal, and they're violating the deal. And they continue to do these things, including by increasing uranium enrichment. But Iranian Foreign Minister Zarif said the Islamic Republic could be willing to move back towards compliance under certain circumstances. We, yeah, could. We have said that we are prepared to slow down or reverse these measures commensurate with what Europe does. We will decide whether what Europe does is sufficient to slow down or to reverse some steps. We have not even ruled out reversing some of the steps that we have taken. Europe has set up a special trading mechanism called INSTEX to try to enable legitimate humanitarian trade with Iran to offset some of the effects of the U.S. sanctions. But it has yet to complete any transactions, and the Iranian side does not think it is sufficient. We're not talking about charity. We're talking about Iranian rights and the rights of the Iranian people to receive the economic benefits, Zarif said. We have received irreversible harm or irreparable harm because of U.S. sanctions. But nevertheless, we will reverse the steps that we have taken, provided that Europe takes steps that are meaningful. Blackmailing the people that you made a treaty with because you have violated the treaty makes all the sense in the world, right? 
from the Times of Israel. Official says U.S. Taliban reach Afghan truce agreement. I don't know if you heard about this. This is a couple days ago. It went into effect yesterday. I'll read what I have. A senior U.S. official said the U.S. and the Taliban have reached a truce agreement that will take effect very soon, meaning it happened yesterday and could lead to withdrawals of American troops from Afghanistan. The official said the agreement for a seven-day reduction in violence is to be followed by the start of all Afghan peace talks within 10 days is very specific and covers the entire country, including Afghan forces. Now, this is the longest running war in American history, and our president is at least trying to get us out of there. Everybody else has been in there. They've been getting money out of it. The CIA has got opium farms over there. It goes on and on and on, and our president is trying to get us out of there. He is to be applauded. From Al Arabiya, U.S. Taliban to sign final deal after planned week-long reduction in violence. Okay, if this week-long thing works, then they may sign a complete deal to get done with all of this. We'll see where it goes. From Gatestone, UK court, Sharia marriages. Somebody emailed me about uh, England yesterday and some of the things that were bad. And I said, I got some good news about England coming in today's prophecy update. Gatestone, UK Sharia marriages not valid under English law. I, w I almost had a heart attack when I read that, the way that they have been kowtowing to these people, but they actually said it. The uh, Court of Appeal, the second highest court in England and Wales after the Supreme Court has ruled the Islamic marriage contract known as Nikah in Arabic is not valid under English law. The landmark ruling is far-reaching implications. On the other hand, the decision strikes a blow against the efforts to enshrine this aspect of Sharia law into the British legal system. On the other hand, it leaves potentially thousands of Muslim women in Britain without legal recourse in case of divorce. That doesn't matter. If you got married, you're in England, you do what England says. You don't do what somebody tries to insert into your jurisprudence. Anyway, going back for a minute to Paula White. This is on my mind. If you wonder why Paula White is wrong, and not just because she's had so many plastic surgeries that she can't even breathe anymore and she's not getting oxygen to her brain, there are other reasons why she's actually wrong with her doctrine. And there are people all over the world that are wrong in their doctrine, and that I would like to once again plead with you to watch the 10 doctrine sermons that we are putting out. So at least you know where the fault is and why the fault is. If you will do that, you will be benefited. All right? If you disagree with me, that's fine, but you'll have to explain why you disagree with me right from Scripture, okay? Because that's what we're doing, is we're going in this church by the Word of God in context, and I would plead with you to go ahead and watch these sermons, okay? Anyway, from Mongolia today, from Reuters, Rio Tinto says, China virus slowing copper ore imports from Mongolia. Rio Tinto, operator of the giant OU Tolgoi copper gold mine in Mongolia, said its copper concentrate shipments to China had slowed down uh, due to efforts by the authorities to contain the spread of the coronavirus. The virus outbreak that began in China and prompted a lockdown that has weighed on the Chinese economy has sparked concerns about metals demands in the world's top copper consumer. Mongolia said it would suspend deliveries of coal across its border into China until March 2nd, and it already stopped foreign nationals entering via China. We reported on that a week or two ago. Yunnan Copper, part of state-owned Chinese metals group 
Chinalco takes almost 10,000 tons a month of copper concentrate or partially processed copper ore from Oyu Togoi for its Chifeng smelter in China's Inner Mongolia region. And that's all coming to a halt right now. So it's going to affect Mongolia. It's starting to affect the rest of the world. Daniel 12 Technology. From the Washington Times, cutting-edge science, OCD drug designed by artificial intelligence. AI can do good things and it can do bad things. Two pharmaceutical companies have embarked on a brave new world, having begun human testing for the first time on a drug treatment for obsessive-compulsive disorder designed by AI. I could probably use that. I'm a little OCD. Anyway, British startup Exciencia and Japan's Sumitomo Dainippon Pharma used artificial intelligence to create the drug in less than 12 months, cutting four years from the average time it takes ordinary humans to develop a medication. Excientia CEO Andrew Hopkins described the clinical human trial of the drug, a molecule called DSP-1181, as a key milestone in drug discovery. Our driving motivation is to accelerate the range of innovative drugs from cutting-edge science entering into the clinic to increase the treatment options for patients. That means reducing the time to make and test a drug. The consumer should see benefits from faster progress to the clinic. AI has been used to quickly and accurately diagnose diseases and analyze patient data, but this time it had a more robotic hands-on role in the creation of a medicine. The AI created the drug by using algorithms that shifted and sorted through compounds to determine the safest and most effective one for treating a specific disease. Different properties of molecules will create different side effects, and so it's a very intriguing idea to use AI, a computer, to help predict. AI is a very powerful technique that's been used across many fields of medicine, especially in radiology. All right, from Mail Online, world's first AI can predict when patients will have a heart attack or stroke better than a doctor study shows. Artificial intelligence was tested by Bart's Health and University College London. The AI was used to analyze the blood flow scans of more than 1,000 patients. It was more accurate than a doctor reading scans with traditional means. Good stuff. Mail Online. This is just so cool I had to include it. Voyager 2 spacecraft resumes its exploration of interstellar space after NASA engineers fix a potentially fatal glitch from 11.5 billion miles away. Yes, NASA says Voyager 2 officially entered interstellar space in November 2018. At the end of January, there was an energy spike due to a failed spin maneuver. It shut off its science instruments, but NASA engineers remotely turned them back on. It took 34 hours for the engineers to find out if it worked. They'd send a signal. It took them 34 hours due to the fact that it takes 17 hours for light to reach Voyager 2, which is 11.5 billion miles away. That is rather astonishing. So there you go. Revelation plagues today. Weather. Weather channel. Weather. Flu season is worst for children in a decade. We've got children dying, CDC data shows. At least 92 children have died from influenza so far during the current flu season. That's in the U.S. alone. Two strains of flu have hit children and young adults especially hard. Experts say the numbers could continue to increase. 
The number of pediatric deaths from influenza is higher at this point in the flu season than it has been in a decade as the second wave of the virus picked up steam in recent weeks. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the latest weekly flu report from the CDC shows that 92 children had died from influenza virus in the United States as of February 8th, or week six of the official flu season. That's the highest number by week since the severe flu season of 2009-10 when 262 children had died by this point in the season. Experts say the numbers could continue to increase and all the flu has killed an estimated 14,000 people in the United States alone. 14,000 this season with some 26 million infected and 250,000 hospitalized, the CDC says. Before I go on, I've got something to read from my missionary, our missionary in China. Aloha, Charlie. Obviously, he's from Hawaii, or he's, you know, he's stationed out of Hawaii. Aloha, Charlie. A friend heard that there was still one crossing open, and she had just come back from Hong Kong. So my friend's sister, who works in Shenzhen, was visiting her parents and had to go back to Shenzhen. We were able to get the train we needed. He needs to get his visa updated. He's in the country. He has to do this from time to time, and it's been difficult lately. On arrival, I crossed the border, stayed 10 minutes, and came back. Maybe a Guinness World Record. Yeah, 10 minutes to get his visa. If I had waited 17 hours, I would have had to have stayed quarantined in Hong Kong for 14 days. I am now quarantined in my apartment in Shenyang for 14 days. Officials gave me a thermometer, told me to report my temperature three times a day and if I needed anything to let them know. Very professional. I know there are videos on the internet that show a lot of bad stuff, but things are running smoothly here. There's enough fear to keep people in, but enough freedom that people won't starve. I want to use this opportunity to share my experience on the some website, a video website called Brighteon, to make people aware of the need to stock up and also get them right with the Lord. Now is the time for America to prepare, not in fear, but just in case. Okay, he's just making a point, but he says, all these videos you're watching, stop watching them, okay? Breitbart. Coronavirus outbreak exposes China's monopoly on U.S. drug medical supplies. This is going to be a problem. The coronavirus outbreak has exposed the U.S. dangerous dependence on China for pharmaceutical and medical supplies, including an estimated 97% of all antibiotics and 80% of the active pharmaceutical ingredients needed to produce drugs in the United States. The economic repercussions of the coronavirus reveal the dangers of allowing one country to have a near monopoly on global manufacturing. From The Guardian, Chinese banks disinfect banknotes. My friend over there says, and I've reported this a couple times and he brought it up again when he sent it to me, this article along with what I just read you, they don't even use money over there anymore. You can't give a cabbie money. He doesn't want it. Everything is done by the digital. Okay, nobody carries cash. If he wanted to cash uh, like a $5 bill there, he'd have to go to 25 people. He, he, nobody carries cash. But Chinese banks disinfect banknotes to stop spread of coronavirus. You can see that there is something going on. I'm not a speculator here. I'm not one to get into conspiracy theories, but something is going on. It is not what you are being told. It's not all of these lies that are coming out, and I'll go through that in a minute. But here's something. Money is bad. We have to touch money, okay? 
Used notes are being sealed and stored for up to 14 days after being disinfected, Central Bank says. Okay? And then the older bills, they're destroying it, et cetera, et cetera. It goes on and on. But you see, something is going on here because they don't even use money over there. Nobody does. They he want to get he rid is of there. Money. They they, that's, that's what I'm saying. They want to get rid of money. But I'm not going to get into the conspiracy side of it. I'm just reporting this and letting you decide. From World Meter, here it is. I've done this every week except last week because Usama was here. Coronavirus has 78,000 people infected. 2,062 are dead. 21,305 have recovered. That's the World Meter, okay? Whatever's happening in China, I'm not here to comment on that. I'm not here to diminish it if those rumors are true and there's 15 billion dead people and they're burning 450,000 people a day. That's fine. That is not what the world record says. The world record is 78,000 infected, 2,362 dead. Counter that with 14,000 flu deaths in the U.S. alone, and then they have 21,305 recovered. The rest of the world, the rest of the world, coronavirus, 17 dead, 17. When it gets up to like tens of thousands, we can start really saying this might be something. In the U.S., there are 35 so far infected zero dead. Out of those 17 that have died, I go and I read every single article and almost all of them are in their 70s and 80s. They're older people that just can't handle it. They die from the common cold, okay? Flu, worldwide, 64,460 dead. That's worldwide flu. U.S., 26 to 36 million with the flu, 250,000 hospitalized, and 16 to 41,000 have died. That is of yesterday okay so there you go with that that is the numbers and I did something I pulled up world meter on this to give you some other stats if I didn't just lose it I didn't okay let's see here communicable disease deaths this year 1,900,000 deaths of children under five this year 1,113,000 abortion six million already this year um, we'll go down here. We've got AIDS and all that. Deaths by cancer, 1,200,000. Deaths by malaria, 143,000 deaths by malaria compared to 2,000 with the coronavirus. I mean, I could go on and on, but they update this every single day. What are the stats around the world? And there you go with that. So coronavirus, it is all over Zero Hedge. That's almost all they ever talk about anymore. And most of it obviously is not true. Morality today. Now, not to diminish that, there are people that are really scared of this. There are people in China that need prayers because it's in China and they've got their people locked up. But it is around the world and it is no worse than the smallest of common colds at this time. Okay? And it, actually, it's much, much less. From morality, Fox News. Connecticut high school girls file a lawsuit arguing that allowing transgender athletes to compete is discrimination. Good for them. Good for them. Three female high school athletes in Connecticut, along with their families, filed a federal lawsuit to prevent transgender athletes from competing in girls' track and field meets, arguing that biologically male athletes have a physical disadvantage. Our dream is not to come in second or third place, but to win fair and square. All we're asking for is a fair chance. The three are arguing that competing against biologically male athletes has denied them the chance to win medals and achieve scholarship opportunities. ADF is representing the girls in the federal lawsuit months after initially filing a related Title IX complaint with the USDOE. It remains under investigation by the DOE's Office for Civil Rights. Girls deserve to compete on a level playing field, forcing them to compete against boys isn't fair, shatters their dreams, and destroys their athletic opportunities. 
Having separate boys and girls sports has always been based on biological differences, not on what people believe about their gender, because those differences matter for fair competition. Enforcing girls to be spectators in their own sports is completely at odds with Title IX, a federal law designed to create equal opportunities for women in education and athletics, not take them away. Inescapable biological facts of the human species are not stereotypes, social constructs, or relics of past discrimination, it says. In track and field events that do not use equipment, the physiological differences between males and females after puberty are stark in the record books. No one doubts that top male and female high school athletes are equally committed to excelling in their sport and train equally hard. Yet boys and men consistently run faster and jump higher and farther than girls and women. From the uh, Daily Caller, biological male to compete in USA Women's Olympic trial. So now they've got this going on at the national level. Yes, and from Fox, Boy Scouts of America, I'm sure you heard it, file for bankruptcy after sex abuse loss. Suits. They are done. As soon as they started doing all the dumb things they did, letting it, you know, the girls wanted to be Boy Scouts, and then they added in this, and they added in that, they've done it to themselves. I'm an old Boy Scout from way back when, and it, this means nothing to me. Absolutely nothing. It's like what Jim was talking about with churches. When you're in a church and you love all the people, and our kids got married there, and we've been there for 72 years, and if the church goes the way of the dodo, you need to leave that church. And it's the same thing with the Boy Scouts of America. Take out the flag and close the door. From our other category, KTLA, Oregon conservatives seek ballot initiative to join Idaho with eye on taking over part of California. Okay, now I have a friend, Claire, who is over there in this area, and she asked me to let you know what's going on. Concerning the border moves only, there is no secession. This isn't like what's going on in West Virginia, where it takes all kinds of approvals. Therefore, it only requires... 150,000 votes by the people of Oregon and passes through the Secretary of State and on to the Governor of Idaho, who is already waiting with pen in hand. Mm -hmm. Then it has to go through the feds, but only Congress and the President, who is also already ready with pen in hand. We don't have to go through every federal three-letter agency to get approval, unlike secession. Once that is done, both governors hammer out the final details. Two of the 19 counties have approved it to be on voter ballots countywide. But it is not dependent on the county since it is a state issue. That requires 151,000 votes approximately to pass, and we get it to the Congress. The governor of Idaho, Kate Brown, our governor, has nothing to do with it, nor does the legislature. And she says, LOL, because they're all a bunch of liberals. We have a total population of 5 million plus, and almost half are Republicans, meaning it is more than doable. So if you're over there and you want to get away from the liberal policies that you are under, then sign the petition and get it on the ballot and get it through. Okay, from MSN. To survive, Venezuela's leader gives up decades of control over oil. After decades of dominating its oil industry, the Venezuelan government is quietly surrendering control to foreign companies in a desperate bid to keep the economy afloat and to hold on to power. In a startling reversal for the country, private companies are pumping crude, arranging exports, paying workers, buying equipment, and even hiring security squads to protect their operations in a collapsing countryside. The opening is a startling reversal for Venezuela, breaking decades of state command over its crude reserves, the world's biggest. The government's power and legitimacy has always rested on its ability to control its oil fields, the backbone of the country's economy, and to use their profits for the benefit of its 
its people, which has not been happening, obviously. But the nation's authoritarian leader, Nicolas Maduro, in his struggle to retain his grip over a country in its seventh year of a crippling economic crisis, is giving up policies that once were central to its socialist-inspired revolution. Under Venezuelan law, the state-run oil company must be the principal stakeholder in all major oil projects. But as that company unravels under the weight of U.S. sanctions, years of gross mismanagement and corruption, the work is unofficially being picked up by its foreign partners. Private companies are pumping crude, arranging exports, paying workers, buying equipment, and even hiring security squads to protect their operations in this collapsing countryside. In effect, a stealth privatization is taking place. The haphazard changes to the oil sector, which have accelerated in recent months, are remaking the oil industry in a nation whose assertive energy policies had since the 1950s served as an example to developing countries of how to take control of its natural resources. The dribble of oil exports has provided Maduro with foreign revenue at the most critical moments of the country's economic crisis, allowing him to adjust sanctions. So that's the status of Venezuela oil right now, and we'll continue to monitor that. Zero Hedge, don't get juice jacked. Have any of you been juice jacked? Don't get juice jacked, okay? While recharging in public. You all go and you plug your things in in public at an airport or something? Cybersecurity expert warns, do you plug your phone into free public charging stations? Be careful. You may get juice jacked by hackers who have installed malware that can tunnel and copy your sensitive personal information. Depending on the vulnerability they exploit, they would have access to everything you would have access to on your phone. The practice is known as juice jacking. It occurs when people plug into juice up their phones and hackers use malware in the charging station or USB cable to jack their information, such as phone numbers and passwords. You might have seen a public USB charging station at an airport or a shopping center. Be warned, a free charge could end up draining your bank account. Most people assume their computers can be hacked, but most people assume that their phones cannot be. And they can. All they need to do is have 10 seconds unscrewing something, putting it in there, and closing it back up, and they can get everybody that plugs into that in the airport that day. Don't use them. NBC. Pentagon plans to shift $3.8 billion in military funding to build border wall. Good job, President Trump. The DOD reprogramming notice says it plans to pull $2.2 billion from an account that funds counter-drug activities and another $1.6 billion from a war account known as the Overseas Contingency Operations Fund. DHS has identified areas along the southern border of the United States that are being used by individuals, groups, and transnational criminal organizations as drug smuggling corridors and determined that the construction of additional physical barriers and roads in the vicinity of the U.S. border is necessary in order to impede and deny drug smuggling activities. We build border walls to keep people out, and we have doors with locks to keep mothers that show up late to church from coming in. Love you, Susan Garrett. She's trying to hide as she's walking under the chairs to get to hers, and I got her. Okay, anyway, just so you know, he's taking the money from, it funds counter-drug activities. There's no point in having counter-drug activities if you don't have a wall to keep the people out in the first place. He's doing exactly the right thing with that money. He's putting up a wall to keep them out. Okay, Mail Online. 
Air Force updates dress code. You may have seen this. If you did it, you're going to go hum and haw like I did to allow religious exemption for turbans, hijabs and beards while in uniform. Air Force Secretary issued the new dress code guidelines that allows airmen to wear beards, which I'm not opposed to, but not in the military, please. Turbans and hijabs while in uniform. We're going to be just like England now with all the headdresses they have over there. However, they must be for religious reasons and be neat and conservative. Rule formalizes process for waivers that have previously been granted. It's just caving into political correctness, and it is undermining the discipline of the United States military. That's all that's happening with this. From Mail Online. The U.S. cut its CO2 emissions more than any other country in the world in 2019, helping to keep total global emissions from growing past 2018's record-breaking high. If it wasn't for us, the whole world would have gone up, but we brought it down, and we brought it down more than any country on the planet. It says, but the gains were offset by the growing emissions from the rest of the world. Trump pulled out of that agreement, and he did the right thing because we know how to manage things. The rest of the world's going to take it and give it to socialist causes, Bernie Sanders type of things. It's CO2. What it's are the CO2. Going to do? Yeah, what are the plants going to do without all that CO2? Okay, here we go. Epic Times. New Jersey leads multi-state lawsuit against Trump admin for failure to address air pollution. We've just decreased it more than any country on the planet, and we brought the whole world's numbers down, and New Jersey has to sue our president's admin. What a bunch of numbskulls. All right, I got three ironies for you today. It's not usual that I do this, but they all had the same theme on the same week. It is a meth to their madness. A meth to their madness. Mail online. Two men arrested after police dogs find meth, MDMA, and other narcotics concealed in pouches marked bag full of drugs inside their car. It was actually called bag full of drugs. Yes. Mail online. Woman, 41, is busted on a felony drug possession charge after police find her meth stash in a small plastic container labeled dope. So she's the dope. She has a meth to her madness. Does anybody remember the guy's name on Breaking Bad? Anybody? I never watched it. His, what? His name was Walter White. I've never seen it, but his name was Walter White. Mail Online, Breaking Bad. Florida man named Walter White is arrested for shooting up meth on his toilet. They all have a meth to their madness. So such is the world we live in. And from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is the superior word, and that is your prophecy update for the week.